Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys. So I have a juicy topic for you in today's episode, so I'm going to dive right in. (laughs) And today's episode is all about our expectations of other people. A lot of our relationship issues actually come from us having unmet expectations of how we wish other people would behave. And the coaching term that I use for that is called the manual, which is a concept that I learned from my teacher, Brooke Castillo, at the Life Coach School where I trained. And basically, a manual is our unwritten and often unspoken rules or instructions or expectations for how we would love other people in our lives to act. We have these ideas of how we want other people to behave and be because we think if they do those things, then we're going to get to feel the way we want to feel, happy or loved or just good, calm, whatever. So, you know, we want our partner to compliment us more so that we can feel attractive and wanted. Or maybe you want your best friend to text you more regularly so you can feel important and loved. Or maybe you want your parents to stop asking you when you're going to get married so that you can stop feeling pressured. And these things make perfect sense to us and seem so reasonable. But the problem we run into is that what our brain thinks is logical and reasonable and the way that we think other people should act and that makes sense to us doesn't automatically always make sense to other people. Our brains are completely different to that with completely different thoughts. And just because our brain thinks about something in a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way that their brain thinks about it. And it's also incredibly frustrating when we're trying to control the people in our lives because other human beings do not like to be controlled, surprisingly. And we cannot do it. We can never make anybody change or behave in ways that we wish that they would. And we have all tried. (laughs) And this leads us to the idea of resisting reality. So Byron Katie, who is an amazing lady, if you haven't already heard of her, I definitely recommend you go and look up some of her books. She's famous for saying that if you argue against reality, you will suffer. And this is one of the biggest problems with our manuals. We have this idea of how someone should be and how they should act. And then when the reality doesn't match up, we think something has gone terribly wrong. They're doing it wrong. They should be different. They should be more supportive or more kind or more loving or more organized or more thoughtful. The reality of them should be different to what it is. Say we have a friend that's always late and we think they shouldn't always be late. (laughs) Well, they are. Or we have a friend who constantly wants to get back with their ex and we think she shouldn't keep going back to him. Well, she is. (laughs) And when we make that thinking error, that they should be a different person to the person that they are, we are the ones that suffer. We create that suffering for ourselves when we resist the reality of another person or the universe in general. 
So some people will be listening to this and saying, okay, so I'm supposed to just accept when somebody's behaving in the horrible negative ways and just be fine with it. And my answer is no, of course not. You do not have to be fine with anything or any kind of behavior. You can feel negative emotion anytime you choose to, and they are part of being human. And if you've listened to my um, podcast on how to handle your emotions and your anxiety, we really go into that there. And I also want to really say that this doesn't mean that you shouldn't be making requests of people to change. You can totally make requests of them to change. And you can decide that your way of, of doing things would be better than the way they're doing it. But if they don't want to change or are incapable of changing, the end result is going to be the same. Human beings have free will and humans will act how humans are going to act. And if you accept this and accept people for the way they are, you will feel so much freer and lighter. Some people, when I've coached them on this, have jumped straight to the worst end of the spectrum with the worst possible examples and and said things like, you know, what about murder and rapists? (laughs) Should, Should we just accept that that's the way they are and not try to stop them or change them? And I want to be really clear that, of course, that is not what I'm saying. Letting go of our manuals for other people doesn't mean dropping our laws or our boundaries or dropping our devotion to being kind, good humans and to the pursuit of trying to produce more kindness and goodness in the world. It also doesn't mean that we are going to be happy about all behaviour. What we're talking about here is not wasting mental energy fighting against the reality of a situation and instead accepting the reality of what it is and then choosing how we want to respond to it. Instead of telling yourself, my mother-in-law should not voice her opinion about my child's bedtime routine. She just shouldn't be this way. Instead, you can accept that that's the way she is and instead focus your energy on how you want to think and feel about that regardless. We can't solve a problem if we're busy feeling frustrated at the problem for even existing and believing that it shouldn't be something we have to deal with. That likely doesn't lead to any kind of creation of positive change. Okay, so that was a bit of a diversion. So let's get back to talking about how manuals impact your relationships on a day-to-day basis. So as we said, the only reason we have these manuals is because we believe if people were to change and follow our manuals for how we want them to act, we'd get to feel a certain emotion like happiness or loved or accepted. This happens in all of our relationships, not just our romantic ones. And you know you have a manual when you wish that somebody would change their behavior because you believe if they did, you would get to feel better. So if my partner texts me more, I could feel more secure. If they initiated sex more often, I could feel more attractive. If they weren't so forgetful, I could feel more calm and relaxed. If they would just stop moaning about their job, I could feel less irritated. (laughs) This shows how you believe their behavior is what creates your emotion. And therefore, you need to change that behavior in order to feel better. And then you end up showing up very frustrated and resentful towards them because you believe that they are the source of all your negative emotion. (laughs) But that is not true. Other people's behavior is never what creates your emotion. It's always your own brain, always your thoughts. 
which means you never need somebody to change their behavior so that you can feel the emotion that you want to feel. If you want to feel more secure, that comes from your thoughts, not how much they text you. If you want to feel more attractive, that comes from your thoughts about you and how you look and your attractiveness, not whether they initiated sex this week. If you want to feel less irritated, you guessed it, that comes from your thoughts, not from what they're doing or not doing. And the problem with believing that their behavior creates your emotions is when you believe this, you naturally resort to wanting to control and manipulate that. You spend all your mental energy trying to change them so you can feel better. A lot of people talk about this and they even say how therapists they've been to have suggested that they write down all of their needs, basically their manual for how they want the other person to behave, and then give it to their partner and it's their partner's job to then do everything on that list. (laughs) But in reality, do you want your relationships to be a checklist of things you need to do so that the other person can feel okay? This level of dependency creates a neediness in relationships that doesn't feel very fun and can feel quite restrictive. It results in both parties usually feeling resentful and obligated, which is the complete opposite of what you're hoping to achieve, which is love and connection. It's of course lovely when your partner does things that you want them to do and you have positive thoughts about them which feel good. But it's still always your own thoughts about that behavior creating your emotion. It's still your own brain. Even when your partner follows your manual perfectly, the reason it feels so good is because of the thoughts you have about it, like this means he or she loves me. This is how things should be. Those thoughts create the emotions you experience in your body. When your partner compliments you and you think they love me, they think I'm attractive, that creates an emotion for you. Or when your friend calls you and you think I'm important to her, that creates another emotion. This is why, and I'm sure you can relate to this, how sometimes you can do something that you're so sure will make someone feel ecstatic or happy, and then you go and do it, and their reaction is so underwhelming. (laughs) They aren't ecstatic or even happy. And why is that? Because they didn't have the thought that you predicted that they would. Or why sometimes someone can compliment you, and you feel so happy, because you're thinking, they're right, I love my makeup today, I do look great. And other times someone can compliment you in the exact same way and you can just feel irritated (laughs) because you're thinking, no, I don't, my skin looks awful, they're just taking pity on me. (laughs) No matter what that person does or doesn't do, it's always your thought, the sentences in your brain that create your emotion. It's your own thought, your interpretation, your opinion, your belief about that action, what they've said or done, that creates the emotion. And often we have these manuals and expectations for how things should look and how people should behave and act. And then we make them not doing it in that way mean something really negative and we hurt our own feelings. We think, well, when I care about someone, I do this. When I care about someone, I text them regularly. Or, well, if I was them, I would have said it like this, or I would have done it like that. And then we make them not doing it in that way mean they don't care, or that we're not good enough, or that we're not important to them. And then we feel terrible. Our manuals for other people completely put the power over our emotions into other people's hands, and they cause us so much unnecessary suffering. 
because we just continuously hurt our own feelings with it. So learning to notice and let go of your manuals for other people is all about taking back responsibility over how you feel so that you know you get to choose how you think, feel and show up no matter what they do and no matter what happens around you. So consider these questions for a moment. What have you decided you need your partner or friends to do for you to feel secure and good within yourself? What do they need to do for you to feel happy? What do they need to do for you to feel lovable and attractive? And then notice how you're making what they do responsible for how you get to feel. And then maybe consider if the things you really wanted them to do didn't feel natural or good for them, would you still really want them to do it from a place of obligation or resentment? Most people, when I ask them this, tend to say no, <laughs> because what, th- what they truly want is connection, and they know that they could never create it that way. They know that obligation and resentment does not create true love and connection between two people. Okay, so let's look at some specific examples of how manuals can play out in relationships. A past client of mine, let's just call her Sally, <laughs> that is not her name, but we'll go with Sally, had a manual for her boyfriend that was leading her to feel a lot of resentment within her relationship. She wanted him to upload more pictures of them to social media. That was her manual. Boyfriends should post pictures of their girlfriends regularly to Instagram and comment cute things on their girlfriend's pictures, like little love heart eye emojis, <laughs> things like that when they post it. And the problem was, her boyfriend did not share this manual. (laughs) He didn't see it in that way at all. It didn't come naturally for him to do those things. He wasn't massively into social media. He wasn't massively into posting. He found it all a bit awkward. He just didn't naturally get the drive to do it. Now, Sally made this mean that he didn't care about her. She believed if he really cared, He would want to post pictures of her after their date nights and comment on her posts. And she made him not following the manual mean she had to feel unloved and neglected by him. And this is what we all do. We come up with these manuals and expectations for how we think other people should behave. And then we use them not doing it in the way that we'd like them to, to be an excuse for us to feel miserable. Sally believed that it was his behaviour creating her feelings of insecurity and not feeling loved. But it really wasn't. It was her thought. Remember, it's always our thought. It was her thought about what his behaviour meant that created her negative emotion. So when we coached on this and questioned it a little, I asked her if she really believed that he didn't care about her. If she really believed her interpretation was true. And I asked if there was any other evidence that he actually did care about her. And she immediately said yes. She knew he cared deeply about her and that he was actually a really sweet boyfriend and he did a lot of things that showed he cared. So do you see what's happened there? (laughs) She could totally believe that he cared. She did believe it. But she made him not following her manual of how he should show her that he cares as a reason to throw that belief completely out the window and feel terrible. And in actual fact, when we coached some more on this, she realised she could choose to believe that he loves her and simply accept him the way he was and love him for who he was, no matter what. 
she could still feel loved and appreciated simply by changing the way she was thinking about it. And notice how I said she could love him for who he was. Her version of him in her head as someone who posts all the time on social media and does these public displays of love and affection was not him. It wasn't who she was with. And she was missing out on loving and appreciating the real version of him because she was busy believing that he should be someone else, that he should be different. Another example I'll share is actually from my own life. And this is a manual I had for friendships. So I like to text. And actually, as I'm thinking about this, I'm actually a lot less of a texter now, probably because of this work that I've done and the fact that I don't put so much meaning and emphasis on texting now than I used to. But a few years ago, definitely, I was a huge texter with my friends. And my belief was good friends should text you back quickly whenever you text them. And they should check in with you weekly, if not more. And they should respond to your messages when you message them. And some people followed my manual beautifully. Mm-hmm. And they were great texters too, which was amazing. But then a couple of friends of mine were not texters at all. I would text them and I wouldn't get a reply for a few days. And when I did get a reply, it wasn't as long or as detailed as I would have liked. (laughs) It did not meet the expectations of my manual. And I made this mean that they didn't really like me. Because my manual was when I liked someone, I text them back quickly, quickly in my mind being within a few hours, I made it mean that that's how everyone's brain operated and that this person clearly didn't like me or value me as a friend, otherwise they would be texting me. I felt so rejected and hurt, all because of my own brain, and my instinct was to pull away and completely reject them back. And I can almost hear some of you thinking right now, okay, yeah, but what if their actions do mean what I've made them mean? What if they really don't care about me? And the truth is, you cannot read minds. You will never know for 100% certainty what somebody else is truly thinking or feeling. Which is why really looking at the facts of a situation and calling your brain out on its assumptions is so important. Is it possible someone can care about you and be a great partner, even if they don't like to post on social media? Is it possible your friend can care about you and still want to be your friend, even if they don't text you every day or even every week? Why is your brain choosing to make them not following your manual of how it should be mean this about them or about the relationship? And could it mean anything else? This isn't about gaslighting ourselves and ignoring obvious facts. It's about being conscious about how we interpret other people's behavior and how we interpret those facts and not making someone not following our manual mean something terrible and then hurting our own feelings. Luckily for me, I coached my own brain and I now still get to have an amazing friendship with the person I'm talking about. And I know how much she loves me and cares about me. Okay, so there's a few things I want to clear up before we talk about how to throw away our manuals for other people. I am not saying you should ever change your thoughts and stay in abusive relationships. These tools are supposed to be used for you, not against you. I'm going to repeat that. You're going to use these tools for you, not against you. So using these tools to challenge your own perceptions and create the kinds of connected relationships you truly want is amazing and a great use of the tools. 
But using these tools to stay in places where you aren't experiencing the kind of relationship that you want is not a good use of these tools. Boundaries is another important piece of the puzzle, but I'm going to save that for another post. But if you know that boundaries is something you struggle with, head to my Instagram and you'll find a lot of posts on there. Number two is I am not saying you should feel happy with all behavior. Again, sometimes you want to dislike something and that's okay. You get to decide to like your reasons for having that opinion and then show up the way you want to. But that person is not obligated to change or do things that you want to do simply because you want them to do it. They have free will. And you're not going to share the same kinds of wants and desires as everyone, which I'm going to come on to later. Number three is you should make requests of the people in your life. Of course you should. I'm all for asking people to do things that we'd love them to do and to change in the ways that we'd love them to change. But whether they do it or not is completely up to that. And then how you feel is completely up to you. Making a request, but then tying your emotions to whether they do it or not is where you're going to get yourself into trouble. This is where learning to understand and manage your own mind and take full responsibility for your emotions is so important. Okay, so how can you begin to throw away your manual? Step one is to recognize what your manual is for this person. Write down all the things you'd like them to change. What would you love them to do or stop doing? Then notice what you think you'd get to feel if they changed in that way. Is it love, happiness, calmness, valued, wanted? Then spend some time working out what you'd actually be thinking that would cause that emotion. What would you get to think and believe if they behaved in that way? What would you make their action mean? Then step two is to look at what you're currently making it mean when they aren't behaving in the way you'd like them to. What negative interpretation is creating your current emotional experience? When they don't follow your manual in this way, what do you think and how do you feel? Now take full ownership of that. Take ownership of it being your thought that creates both the positive and the negative emotional outcomes here, not that. And then question that negative interpretation. Is it really true? Is there any evidence that this actually isn't true? Why are you choosing to make it mean that? What else could it mean? Step three is to now consider how you might still be able to create the emotion that you're wanting to feel without needing that person to change. Consider the emotion that you're wanting to experience. What could you think right now that would create that for you? For example, can you still believe they love you without them needing to call you every night and invite you to their work events or whatever the manual is? Do they show you their love in any other way? Ask yourself, what is the emotion I'm wanting to feel here? Is it peaceful or calm? What can I think right now and believe that will create those emotions for me without me trying to manipulate or change that? Whatever I'm believing I need from them right now, can I give it to myself in this moment? Accepting the people in your life exactly the way they are is a really difficult task, (laughs) but so worthwhile. It leads to the most authentic and connected relationships when we stop trying to manipulate and control other people so that we can create the ways that we want to feel. 
And I also want to touch on the concept of one matches, which is another great coaching tool and one that I'll do another episode on another time because it's really key when it comes to manuals. A want match is when you want something in a relationship and so does the other person. So it's a match. You both want the same thing. And there are going to be things you want to experience in your relationship that are deal breakers to you. And that's totally okay. But remembering that your job is to find someone who shares these key wants with you and not going out with someone and then trying to force them to change what they want and want everything in the exact same way that you want it. And before you go down the rabbit hole of trying to decide on your key wants and deal breakers, it's important that you take full responsibility for your emotions. And by that, I mean, understand that it's your thoughts that create your emotions always and not that thing that you want. So, for example, before I did this work, if someone had asked me what my key wants were, I would have said I want someone who texts me every hour (laughs) or at least very quickly. But my reason for that was coming from a place of fear and insecurity. I believed I couldn't feel secure without regular contact from someone. And so the reason for that did not feel good to me at all. It felt fueled with anxiety and restriction and scarcity mindset. Now, if I were ever to be single again, someone not being a massive texter would not be a deal breaker for me simply because I know I could feel secure and okay without it and I have no reason no other reason for why I'd want that thing that would feel good to me it's not that important to me now that I'm in charge of my emotions and know that I can feel the way I want to feel regardless on the other hand if somebody said that they didn't want to have a child with me that that wasn't something they desired that would be a deal breaker for me. It's my thoughts about wanting children that create my desire for it, of course, but I like my reasons for wanting that. I want a child because I really enjoy loving and caring for things. I literally treat my cat like it's my child already. And I just really want to have that experience in life of bringing, you know, a a child into this world and raising it and loving it so deeply. And I love my reason for wanting that. It comes from a place of love and real desire and abundance, not from fear or insecurity or anxiety. Do you you see the difference? I know I could be okay and live an amazing life without a child, but I don't want to. I want to experience having a child. So that means I'm responsible for for finding someone who shares that desire with me, who shares that want match, which thankfully I have. Where a lot of us go wrong is we have these things that we want and desire in our relationships and the other person we're with wants the opposite. And then we feel like we're banging our heads against a wall trying to get them to change. But they're perfect just the way they are and they don't need to change and they're allowed to want what they want and want something completely different to you. And you are equally allowed to want whatever you want out of a relationship. And when you can actually accept people for who they are, you can be a lot clearer on whether they are in fact a person who is a want match in the key areas that you want them to be, whether they are a person that you want to have in your life. Instead of demanding they be somebody different and creating more and more resistance and disconnection. Okay, that's all I have for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. And until next time, have a great rest of the week. 
If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 